welcome to another edition of the Campus Hunger Project Podcast, where we examine the current issues college students are facing when it comes to food insecurity. I'm your host, Monica Sager. Today we are talking with Randy Camp, a student at the University of Berkeley who is currently serving as a Campus Hunger cohort. Welcome, Randy. Hi, Monica. It's so great to be here. Thanks for coming. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and why the issue of food insecurity is so important to you? So my name is Randy Kantz and I'm a um, senior at UC Berkeley studying history and public policy. Uh, this year I'm serving as advocacy director of Berkeley's Hall of Hunger program and I'm also in the campus hunger cohort. In high school I organized and coordinated trips to Sova, a Jewish food pantry that serves people of all backgrounds and that means eat and be satisfied. I was humbled and inspired by my experiences working there and listening to stories that I heard working directly with people who are food insecure. From that and learning the stories of these people, I, I learned how quickly and easily it was to fall into poverty. And it made me feel an increased urgency to address this topic and led me to become engaged in Hall of Her Hunger at Berkeley. While we notably lacked um, the interaction with those most affected, uh, as it happened at SOVA, attending Hall events quickly became the highlight of my week. I was surrounded by a community of incredibly passionate, dedicated, and thoughtful students who cared deeply about eradicating food insecurity on campus and making a difference in the lives of others. Plus, eating the challah itself was delicious as I am a chocoholic. So addressing food insecurity is critically important to me because having healthy and nutritious food is absolutely essential to students' personal and intellectual development and success. And it doesn't matter whether you're in college or in kindergarten. As we continue living amid multiple overlapping and intersecting crises, a global pandemic that has led to over 191,000 deaths, economic devastation, food insecurity on a global scale, and social isolation, racial injustice and police brutality, climate change, devastating fires and smoke on the West Coast, and power outages, I've increasingly been reminded of the immense privilege it is to have food insecurity at a time when so many are losing their jobs and many are paying the bills uh, is increasingly out of reach. So ultimately, confronting food insecurity in Hala is incredibly important to me because it empowers us to collectively act as advocates and agents of change and tangibly impact the lives of those who are food insecure on campus while simultaneously affirming our own common humanity and social solidarity. Uh, and in the process, I've been able to listen to people's stories in which reaffirms our shared humanity. Um, and I've been so excited to be a part of Hall for Hunger and eat the food. And you know, while, while it was in person, um, to spend time with my friends. I love all of that. And with working on campus, what's the situation like for students at UC Berkeley around sustainable and nutritious meals? There's a lot going on with the pandemic, obviously, but um, there's a lot of different resources that students can use if they are food insecure. Uh, the Berkeley Food Pantry provides emergency non-perishable food for students. The Campus Food Assistance Program uh, provides el eligible students with meal points. And the Basic Needs Center, uh, which includes a food pantry and nutrition workshop. Those are all resources that students can have and use during the pandemic, given the, the pandemic and everything that's going on. Students have, have been experiencing a lot more food insecurity Overall, the Daily Cal just reported that about 20% of university students have experienced food insecurity during the COVID pandemic. And this was during, this was a, in a study by the UC Berkeley Center for uh, Studies in Higher Education. And in particular, the study highlighted that, that rates of food insecurity were significantly higher among underrepresented, marginalized, and oppressed students, that, and which include Black, Latinx, 
uh, American Indian, International, and LGBTQ plus and first generation students. So this is an issue that is particularly affecting uh, minorities on this campus. And uh, it's something that, um, that the school is definitely addressing, but that more can be done as well. And that's what we're doing at HALA through our advocacy efforts. And before we get to those advocacy efforts, are people open about being food insecure? Like even though if there are resources, do people use them? I think one of the biggest issues that we have is that, if, is that students don't know about all of the different resources that's available. And I think that's where we come in. We're, we're gonna be here to try to make students more aware of the different uh, resources that, that are out there for students. I mean, it, but in terms of being open about it, I think there's a huge stigma personally around being food insecure. Around 44% of UC students are food insecure. So this is an issue that is very prevalent and pervasive within our community and one that we need to address. Um, but I think that it's, it's, there, there is a stigma around it that needs to be addressed. And I think by bringing awareness to it, we can, we can work to address that. Yeah, and can you tell me about the work to bring awareness around it? Sure, so I was integral in helping to create the Campus Hunger Resource Guide last semester. I think that was a, was a great um, resource that students could use to figure out you know, what resources are available on Berkeley's campus because there's so many different uh, websites and different places and it's in such a big campus, it's hard to figure out where to go. And so, as I said, the Berkeley Food Pantry, the Food Assistance Program, the Basic Needs Center, all of those are resources for students to be able to use. Um, there's also the Bear Pantry for student parents, because I think that was a huge issue too. Student parents needed accessibility resources as well. And so I think, yeah, so knowledge of resources is probably the biggest barrier to food insecure students. And I, and I think in addition, the poor air quality and the pandemic makes people less willing to go out and actually get food. And of course it can be, um, ameliorated to Kate and I actually were just discussing uh, creating a graphic to share on social media based on the campus resource guide to summarize it and make students more aware of the various resources available to them on the campus. Definitely. And would you say that the missing puzzle piece though is the administration or is it work that you guys need to do yourself? I would say a little bit of both. I think we need to bridge the gap between the administration and the students a little bit and get the word out to students to make them more aware of everything and also making sure that we're holding the administration accountable, that we're making sure that the administration is following through on their promises and uh, that they're you know, supporting every and uplifting every student to make sure that they're able to succeed here at Berkeley. Because it is an academically rigorous school and we wanna make sure everyone can succeed. 100% because food insecurity definitely does relate to things other than being hungry. Oh, completely. And beyond that, how would you keep the administration accountable, like you said, like how do you do that? Sure, so I think, I think that's, that's key to our advocacy efforts. You know, if students truly aren't, if, if they're not getting um, you know, support in the areas in which the, the university is outlined on their websites, you know, particularly through food pantries, the basic needs center, the bear pantry, you know, we're, gonna, we're gonna organize and advocate. And, we're, and, and as I talked with Kate about, we're gonna be posting op-eds in the student newspaper. We're gonna be holding the administration accountable holding truth to power so you know it'll uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens going forward but i think just making sure that the administration is is following through on their promises and if they're not you know we, we will call them out for it and we will get we will advocate with students you know whether it's protesting or whether it's you know writing op-eds in the paper or doing things to to bring awareness to this topic uh in a safe way given the pandemic 
I think that's really awesome of you. <laughs> but even in general, um, not just during the pandemic, do you have any tips for students who want to start advocating? Sure. So I think as with as with anything, um, advocacy is rooted in action. It's a tangible step to influence a group of people to take a specific action. And I think that one of the first ways to get involved is just to get involved, to delve in, jump in, and and start. Join Hall for Hunger. Join you know the Basic Needs Center. Get involved with with resources on our campus and try to find ways to spread awareness. You know, there's so many different ways to get involved and to participate through Hillel, through um, Hall for Hunger, through, you know, so many different ways. It, it doesn't even have to be related to, to this in particular, to Hall for Hunger. You know, there's so many different, you know, campus organizations. But I think the first step is just to immerse yourself in all that there is uh, and, you know, and recognize that if you have the ability that you should definitely do your part and give back to the, Berkeley, the, the greater Berkeley community. Can people who are not food insecure help? Oh, of course. People who are not food insecure should definitely be helping. You know, they should be definitely um, giving back to, to, to the Berkeley community and doing everything that they can to bring awareness to, you know, to this issue because it is one that affects so many of their peers. And I think, you know, one of the issues is that, you know, food insecurity is often, you know, seen as an issue about hunger, as we kind of talked about. And I think there's an added uh, stigma and shame around food insecurity that goes along with this, this element of hunger, too, that's deeply insidious. It's often discussed far less in the student community because students are embarrassed uh, about openly acknowledging that they need help. And I think there's work we need to do to destigmatize food insecurity given its prevalence on campus. And I think there's work that students who, who are not burdened by food insecurity can do to help uh, destigmatize it and bring awareness to it. So while hunger is a huge component and one that affects social, academic, and personal development, it's also about the quality and the frequency of food as well. It's not just about hunger. So, Can you speak to what else it affects? What, what's so insidious about it is that it affects all aspects of students' lives, their academic, personal, social development. And I think that's what's so deeply dangerous about it. Because while food insecurity is generally associated with hunger, eating an unhealthy diet can also be a symptom of food insecurity. Uh, food insecurity, you know, as we've learned and as we talk about during our meetings, exists on a spectrum, right? At the top of the pyramid is high food insecurity, meaning students don't have problems accessing food. This is what we were talking about earlier. Um, students who, who might not experience issues around food insecurity think they should definitely be taking the lead and trying to help out those who, who aren't. But I think because it exists on a spectrum, the next rung down is marginal food insecurity, which is where there are some problems accessing food, but the quality and quantity of food isn't substantially reduced. So I think marginal food insecurity is more in the middle of, of the spectrum. And the third rung is low food insecurity, which is reduced quality of food, but amount and frequency is not disrupted. And then very low food insecurity, which is where eating patterns and food intake is disrupted due to a lack of resources. So it really does exist on a spectrum and, it, and there, there are different gradients of it. It's not all about hunger. Um, and I think that's what's so insidious about it. it. It shouldn't be seen as a binary of one or the other being hungry or not hungry. You know, it's also about the quality and frequency of the food that you're, that you're getting in addition to the stigma and shame around food insecurity, so. Definitely, and I like that distinction. Thank you for sharing that. Looking toward your future, I know that you have said in the past that you want to have a career in social advocacy. How does the work that you're currently doing around food insecurity play into that? 
Oh, of course. So I, I see myself in the future working as a lawyer. And I think as someone who, who is working now to advocate for policies and for social change and for you know, increased access and accessibility to food resources, I think I see that kind of very organically um, working in tandem with, with my goal of advocating on behalf of a client as a, as a lawyer. I think helping people see you know, how insidious this, these issues are um, and how easily students can fall into food insecurity is, is, so, is so important. I think it kind of naturally goes you know, in lockstep with the career in law advocating for a client or advocating for you know, your friends or people who get through Hall of Hunger or through working directly one-on-one -on -one at a food pantry. So would you say that advocacy really can play into any field that you go into? Oh, completely, 100%. You know, as I said, advocacy is rooted in action. It's, it's about influencing people to take action. And I think as an attorney, as, you know, in any profession, you know, you need to do this anyway. And so I think, you know, it's, it's just an important skill to have, uh, broadly speaking. And I, it's, an, it's an important skill to have. These are just, they're, they're important life skills to have and to be able to nurture and grow. And I think that's, that's actually kind of an unintended benefit of HALA, actually. You know, it's, it's been able to help me develop my voice and develop my advocacy effort in, in a much broader way than I think I, I could have ever experienced. On, the one, on one hand, it's just about, you know, making food and giving it to people. But on the other hand, too, it's about all that goes into that as well. All, all that goes into making the food, all that goes into explaining what it's all about. And I think in doing that, I kind of found my, my voice and I've been able to become a lot more confident and empowered about issues surrounding social advocacy. And I think that'll, that'll be very helpful going forward uh, in my career or doing anything else. So I, I'm so you know, grateful to be a part of it and happy. So, yeah. Awesome. And is there any final takeaways around food insecurity that you'd like to leave with our audience? Sure. So there are lots of resources and organizations available to help students um, so that they aren't hungry. But for many, they're very inaccessible. Just keep advocating, keep pushing for change, um, keep engaging in contentious action, keep administration accountable, and engage with administrators. Um, food insecurity does exist on a spectrum, as we talked about earlier. So, you know, I think it's it's really enjoyable work too. You get to you know learn about people's stories, and you get to you know learn about their lives. Um, and I've loved you know time working in Hala. You know, it's it's often the highlight of my week when I go there. You know, pre-pandemic, but you know it, it it was the highlight of my week to work with my friends and to you know spend time with everyone. You know, braiding the Hala, making the Hala, and eating the hala, so, which is so delicious. And I think, you know, while this semester is virtual, you know, I'm so excited to spread awareness about the prevalence of food insecurity and the resources available on Berkeley's campus. And, you know, some quick statistics, one in five students were meal at UC Berkeley and 57% of UC students are food insecure, according to UC Riverside. So, I mean, this is, this is an issue that really affects the whole UC system. I think is, you know, is increasingly occurring across the country. I've seen numerous news articles food insecurity, global food insecurity as a result of this pandemic. And I think, you know, it's something that we're going to increasingly need to confront with increased vigor going forward. And I think, you know, it's, it's only more important that people, you know, start to realize how important this, these issues are uh, and get involved in any way they can, you know, support all for hunger, you know, donate, 
also participate, get to know the people who are most affected. Because it's, it's often those who are most affected who have the greatest stake in it. And so that, that's what I recommend. Just get involved, immerse yourself um, in this, learn about some statistics and learn about how, you know, students that you might be walking past every day struggling with, with food insecurity and, and that, you know, immeasurably impact their academic performance, their success, and their ability to live a fulfilling and successful life. And so I think, you know, trying to uplift all students so that we're all able to succeed is, is integral and pivotal. So I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Thank you so much, Randy, for talking with me. I greatly appreciate all that you have said about advocacy and how enthusiastic you are about it. It really shows through, and I can't wait to see all that you do. So thank you again. Of course. Thank you for, for having me on. It's such a pleasure to be able to share about you know, Berkeley's uh, you know, Hall for Hunger chapter and my work in the Campus Hunger cohort. That's it for today. I'm Monica Sager. See you next week for our next episode of the Campus Hunger Project Podcast.